Hello, everybody, and welcome to the all-new Atlas Podcast, where we're going to be sitting down each week and talking about some of the current events in uh, travel and exploration and some of the interesting things that we have experienced while creating Atlas videos and, uh, and what will certainly continue in the future. You've got me, Keaton. Kim and Kelly Haskell here as your hosts. It may, uh, I mean, it's possible it'll change every week, but for the most part, we're going to try to have us involved to some capacity. So um, stick around and you guys will get to hear some of the cool topics of discussion today, which include some of the uh, behind the scenes stuff that we experienced in Ireland and uh, some other questions we may have for each other. And honestly, just a lot of banter. Mm-hmm. Just a bit of banter. Just a bit of banter. <laughs> yeah, I think you can guarantee that there's going to be uh, a lot of that going on. But I'm excited to talk about some of the stuff that we didn't get to show you on the episodes. Um, everybody, uh, probably from watching that, it, it looks like we held it together pretty well, but we were exhausted the whole time. I think we had a cumulative sleep like hours was probably around eight T- together like we total. probably got a yeah trip. and yeah, most of that was that. in the car while you two were sleeping <laughs> mm-hmm. and i was driving That's yeah i did get some shut eye behind the wheel a couple oh. times but i you shouldn't have told us that <laughs> snuck that in yeah yeah i know <laughs> like just you kidding, got honey. away with it we're just happy to be alive mm-hmm. at this point yeah exactly <laughs> first day we so okay so let's talk about the uh how did this whole thing start Ooh, we the have foundations what was of the atlas. foundation of atlas what's yeah, this the story? is some big oh, information gosh. for you people who are just tuning even, in because yeah. uh atlas is the brainchild um of childhood dreams actually that's, mm-hmm. it, that's really, it really true. started a long time children ago we just had children. this dream that we could all do something together something cool uh and uh Obviously, we were all interested in travel, but as as far as how it actually materialized, that's a more recent story. We actually had the name Atlas picked out for a long for time, a, like long a couple time. years probably, and it was always just a something we would kind of joke about or talk about when we were together, like, oh, how cool would this be? And then and we just decided we were actually going to do something about it, so... Mm-hmm. You can see the enthusiasm in the first day that we get there. We're just like, Atlas, it finally happened, guys. Like, we're we're in Ireland, just like geeking out. It's been a dream for a very, you know, very very long time. Uh, I didn't think we had a full picture of what it was going to look like though until we actually started going. Like we we showed up. Some of the feedback that I've gotten on the first couple episodes where it didn't look like you guys had a plan. We didn't. And we didn't. We didn't have a plan. Like, we knew generally what we were going to do. We had a plan, but it consisted of step one, go to Ireland. Step two, film in Ireland. Film in Ireland. So we edit it. Step mm, four, post it. And we, I mean, I feel like we accomplished that. We aimed for flexibility and we got that. No, you're totally right. I think when we started, at least when I think about how it began, how it evolved into going to Ireland, why we chose Ireland in the first place. Because I think, you know, that all of this started from that initial seed of an idea. Like they said, we we had Atlas picked out for a long time, probably since as early as I can remember was like 12 years old. We thought Atlas Unlimited sounds so cool. Mm -hmm. Atlas as a business, like we, we like traveling, you know, that's, that's as early as I remember it. And then we were talking about potentially hiking the seven summits. It was mm-hmm. something that we wanted to do as brothers. Mm-hmm. Something you wanted to focus Spoiler on. Spoiler alert for... Uh, <laughs> we haven't even announced that yet. Fibrosis. I'm saying mm-hmm. this is where the idea came from. Mm-hmm. You know, how we how it all kind of started. Oh, okay. You don't have to... You have a mic in front of you. <laughs> I just thought it'd be funny if you could pick it up on mic. Yeah. Um, and it kind of started there, and we thought, well, we should probably start with, with mm-hmm. some sort of trip. And I think we had all wanted to go to Ireland before the concept mm-hmm. of Ireland sounded so cool to us yeah and I really pushed for that location specifically because I was like okay if we're gonna try to do first I <clears throat> I wanted to jump on it maybe a little bit faster than everyone else was ready to because I knew that like a lot of times when you get fired up about something you have a small window to where if you can do some action towards it, you get a little bit more committed. And so I was like, we got to do this soon. Let's try to do something. We, we thought about going to, I think Japan was one of the places we wanted to go to. And then that wasn't panning out with, you know, things being still closed. And so it, it ended up that we were going to be able to go before St. Patrick's Day. And I thought, you know what, if we went to Ireland, get the series out before St. Patrick's Day, we could maybe get some natural push from that. <clears throat> 
didn't actually turn out like that. We got one episode done before St. Patrick's Day. Um, but it was kind of the impetus for it. I think we all kind of fell in love with Ireland after we went. Like, we all kind of admired it. But after having gone, like, there was a lot that we didn't know about Ireland that we discovered as we you know, as we explored for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Ireland, uh, obviously it was a good choice. There's a lot of great stuff to see there too, but we we mostly wanted to choose somewhere where we could go to get good content, a place that a lot of people would be interested in, but also we needed a proof of concept. We needed to figure out if the format for Atlas would work, this uh, more c- cinematic Vlog style. I mean, vlog's the wrong word. I mean, that's yeah, that's a lot with the Ireland. Yeah, yeah, I mean, not the Ireland really, episodes not turned really into travel channel. Mm-hmm. This is where we are. This is what we're doing. It was like, wow, we're experiencing this, and they can kind of vicariously mm-hmm. experience it through us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we're like nicer versions of Anthony Bourdain. I mean, yes. not as critical, probably <laughs> swore or, half as much. Yeah, it's I don't know that we whined on camera. We did a fair yeah. share of that behind camera, but uh-huh. um, but we're uh, brothers after all. Yeah, so. Ireland it turned out to be a great experience where we could get a lot of good content. And obviously, you guys, if you haven't seen the videos, you can check them out on YouTube. But um, if you have seen them, then you know that there are some incredible shots in there. We got to do some really cool things. And to be fair, there was not a lot of structure. In the future, Mm -hmm. there will be more structure behind those episodes. But um, they turned out and and, uh, they really fit the bill of what we want to do, which is provide travel instruction and entertainment um, in a way that... uh, is more inspiring to help people actually get out there and experience it themselves. I think too the way that we captured it, I, it was a, a way for me to experiment a little bit with what I, what I hadn't seen other travel channels do, and that is, like, uh, filming it in HDR specifically, color grading it for HDR from a technical standpoint, and then also shooting in sixty frames a second. Um, I I wanted to see what it would be like if you shot something entirely like that, because for me, sixty frames a second feels more real. And you'll notice you jump from a sixty frames a second video to something else on YouTube, it's twenty four frames per second. They just feel different one feels like you're watching um like and it almost feels like you're actually looking into that place versus not i don't know if i'm going to stick with like the second series that i shot which i haven't exactly told anyone about yet i'm excited but it is shot more traditionally 24 frames per second more cinematic feeling and my wife prefers that a little bit more and so i think it was a good chance for me to kind of explore and see what works and as we've edited it and put it together you'll notice even with like the shorts that we do if you watch our if you you know follow us on tiktok or instagram like the format is evolving and i think we've kind of found a rhythm mm-hmm. of the formats that we like that our people like and now like going into it every bit of content that you'll see in the future it's just going to get better and better and exciting but you know the other thing too is um you know you may have noticed, obviously, in the first Atlas videos in Ireland, it's primarily the three of us and some of the locals. But um, Atlas is going to take on a lot of forms in that, you know, there will be some episodes that are geared more towards, you know, couples or or, or things like that. Because while there are the three of us in the first couple of videos, you know, uh, there are more videos coming where... You know, maybe Kelly and I aren't present, but Kim's still there. And there might be stuff in the future, too, where, um, you know, two of us are there, but one of us isn't. And the way it's going to work is that the idea is travel content, and that's going to come in a variety of ways, which is great for us because we can expand Alice's reach to be more than just when the three of us can orchestrate a big something together. So you'll get to see a lot of uh, really cool content from uh, the three of us. And if there's one of us that you don't like, then you just have to click on the videos yeah, we're not yeah, in. Yeah, go on those yeah, videos. In fact, we, we should yeah. probably, we'll like, put in for the, clickbait, you yeah. just, we just list the characters. Kelly's not in this one. Yeah, on like, the, oh, thank goodness. Yeah. We're reaching out to VidAngel to see if they can make a filter specifically for, 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 for each of us. Yeah. That's a good idea. Like, so so instead yeah, of us exactly. in, the, in the videos, it's a potted plant. Yeah. Yeah, you can click You can click on which of us you want to sort out. Deep fake. Just, well, yeah. I, I I like what Keaton said close when we were talking about the episodes particularly, and Kim kind of touched on this too. Like it did feel, especially while we were there, and we saw the the clips that Kim was able to get, especially um, the clips of more some of the drone footage that he got. We were like, this is incredible. This is going to be perfect. It, you know, we had no reservations whatsoever, and 
being able to have a, an experience like that, I mean, in reality, with without travel days, we were there for five days? Four days. Four days? Mm -hmm. Four days of, of time that we were actually Actual, able to yeah. explore things and do things, which you cannot do Ireland in four days. <clears throat> no. At least not the way that we wanted to. You, you could do Ireland in four days, you just wouldn't get to see everything like or enjoy there, it all. There I mean, are a lot of people who will go and do things I was having a conversation the other day about this that you can you can go to Ireland and do the touristy things. You can mm. go to Dublin and you know go to that incredible library there. You can go to the Cliffs of Moher and those are like the heavy hitters and little things like that. And we did uh, one thing that I loved was the sheep walk because we got to talk to people who are generationally Irish yeah. and they told us about their experience and how they had lived their their whole lives and they had inherited from their parents and there are things like that that the average tourist like doesn't get to experience which I was I felt really grateful for but after the fact after the episodes are done we it's almost like it was not necessarily a test but it was very much a proof of concept mm. it was we got to see after it was done what worked and what didn't mm. far I feel like far more didn't work than did, at least mm -hmm. the way that I handled things or, you know, content that uh, commentary that I provided or reactions or anything like that. The, the And you weren't helped by the fact that I did not do a good job with the audio. There was a whole <laughs> section. Oh, my gosh. Funny story. Funniest story. Um, so I had this grand idea of, hey, well, let's just record all of the audio using a phone lapel microphone. <laughs> And have the phones in our pockets, and it was it like the problem is you can't have a live test of that, so you can't hear what it sounds like. So, unbeknownst to us, the microphone, the lapel that Kelly had been using the whole time was the wrong type of microphone, and so it kept thinking he'd plugged headphones in. So it was trying to use his internal microphone. So the whole time I'm editing, my just, phone is in my pocket. super. It just, and there were some instances where it actually worked because it was really windy, and his was the only audio that worked. But for a majority of it, like all of the audio was crap and so the reason that there's so much voiceover in the episodes <laughs> is because I had I did not have very good audio to work with and that was my own fault mm. you know? not to not to throw ourselves under the bus but also uh Historically speaking, the Haskell brothers tend to fly by the seat of our pants. That's just kind of something we do. And for the most part, we prefer it that way, although we can benefit from more planning. And one of the things that we didn't do while we were in Ireland was plan on what we were going to say to the camera. We like loosely came up with it there. So you hear a lot of wows or amazing or this is incredible. There, there were a lot of instances where Kim would turn to us and he'd say, Say wow for me to the yeah. camera so I can get you yeah. saying Give wow. us a reaction, and, and our reaction a was always wow. A lot of them were genuine, mm. to be fair. Like the Cliffs of Moore, I was almost in tears. Mm. And when we went to the Rock of Cashel, which we'll, we could touch on in a bit, Cashel, sorry, uh, mm -hmm. which was so serendipitous. Mm -hmm. We got there at the wrong time. It was closed. It was right at sunset. Mm -hmm. You know, it felt like a lot of things just aligned even though we had planned it so poorly and we mm -hmm. were able to create something beautiful out of that, but I was mm -hmm. almost in tears because of that. But there were moments that he would turn to us and say, can, can you give me that reaction again? <laughs> and we yeah. would turn to the camera and go, Wow. A, wow a second again. time. Yeah. yeah. Wow again. That's yeah, exactly. Top tier acting. Yeah. Of course, in the future, we're going to be able to do more, prepare more about what we want to say. Because as a viewer, you know, the, the three of us, we also view a lot of, you know, travel content on YouTube and other, uh, you know, platforms as well. But it's very beneficial to hear someone in the moment rather than after the fact mm -hmm. talk about a specific place. You know, it's a little more engaging. So in the future, we'll be able to do more of that. Mm -hmm. But uh, but also there's a lot that went on behind the scenes, a lot of really good content that we just didn't end up putting in the videos, mm -hmm. stuff that maybe didn't even get recorded. So we're going to talk about a couple of those things. And I'm curious for the two of you, um, what what's something that you wish we would have had on video that we could have like a actually featured in the the video that we were able to put on YouTube because there was there were a couple things that I think we overlooked but maybe we just weren't prepared to record in the moment. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm glad that you got me slipping at the waterfall because I oh, really, yeah. I almost went full submerged. I used, I used yeah, that was... in every version of the video I could. <laughs> when I, I introducing Keaton, slip. Yeah. Uh, here's what's happening in this episode. Slip. Remember that awesome time we spent in our slip? Yeah, I had a, I had a flashback <laughs> like, sequence where I was yeah. like, uh, reminiscing about the day before, <laughs> Keaton slipping in my head just so that we could reuse the Yeah. No. So That was good content. Yeah, that was good that was, stuff. But you, no, I see what you're saying. I was deliberate. just going to say that uh, 
I'm offended. Oh, I'm just kidding. No, oh, um, no, no but, but there's a lot that went on behind the scenes, too, you guys didn't get to see. So if you're interested, mm-hmm. stay tuned, because we're going to be able to talk about, mm-hmm. our, like, probably our top five things that we did not get on camera that we wish we would have, because it would have been good content, but also because it meant something to us, too. So Yeah, yeah. Well, let's start with day one. Mm-hmm. Let's start with, we can even talk about the travel there. Yeah, that, that's, we, its own, uh-huh. that's its own thing. We talked a little bit about the how the idea came together and, mm. and why we chose the destination. Let's talk about the first day and all of us, um, those flights and everything that happened kind of leading up to getting to Ireland, what that was like. Yeah, so... So let, we took a different route than mm-hmm. Keaton. So Keaton... You I flew, an and they preferred an sailing. Yes. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I did a lot of I swam in there. there. Yeah. Uh, which, you'd be surprised, you can ski quite a lot of the way. Yeah. There's a lot of skiing it's trails. D- there's a lot of downhill <laughs> that you can kind of... Oh, dear. I'm not familiar Ireland with this route. lower but... than Idaho, so... <laughs> no, so we, we took a different route than... than uh, I mean, you're not, that's, you you're not wrong. That's true. It, so it is you, lower than... Yeah. You work for... Currently, you work for an airline. Work so for SkyWest. Yeah, airlines. you were, you got some benefits to. Don't fire me, please. Fly, <laughs> fly a couple of different places than us. So it was Kim and I primarily mm-hmm. that flew together. But we flew in the last segment, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. To all of us sit together, we were kind of brainstorming yeah. what we were going to do. We were getting hype about it. Mm-hmm. We're all wearing our. You'll probably see in some of the images, like on our social medias, where we're all wearing the colored masks. You know, mm-hmm. we all have our. Our own color. Mm-hmm. I, I lost mine mask. the first day. I, so did I. It was. It was <laughs> I think I really kept quick. mine for a couple days, but uh, w- rather I lost it and found it a couple days later. Mm-hmm. So I st- I still have it, but oh, for cool. the most part, yeah. We, and and of course, uh, for viewers who are watching this now but haven't seen the videos, we traveled to Ireland last February when they were still requiring. Uh, masks on planes and stuff like that. There was still a mask mandate. So we, uh, that's why we're talking about the masks right now. So they, they were in the video. They were something that we wore uh, on the plane and also in a lot of places in Ireland too. But um, yeah, so we all, we all kind of took different routes, but we met up at the same airport to fly over in Newark, New Jersey. Um, ERW for all you airport oh, code fans out there. You know what I just realized? What did you realize? There, there was something that Keaton didn't know about on our flight to Newark. You remember, we got rerouted because of weather. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell you something about my flight you didn't know about. We that. got diverted. So we we arrived... Oh, that's right. We almost we, didn't we make our We arrived in next Chicago. Flight. Yeah. And we were at the Chicago airport, ORD, um, the O'Hare airport, and we were like rushing from terminal to terminal. We we got to where our terminal was, and we are like, oh, we've got some time. We were both starving. Like, yeah. We were so hungry. There were no like restaurants open, so we went and we got some snacks. We sat down. We were like charging our devices. We were eating food. We had our headphones in, and mm-hmm. we did not realize that our plane had already boarded almost completely by the time we had sat down and started eating our food. <laughs> and they, they look over at us, and they're like, are you... Kelly and Kim. Wait, oh, that's right. And we were like, did you miss yes? it? You didn't miss your we flight. We almost missed it. No, they you did were, not. We were the last two people on the yeah. airplane. See, we, I, I knew that your flight was diverted, but I thought that you guys had just gotten to the airport and the flight, you know, got canceled or they had to switch planes or something like that. Mm, we just hopped over, but no, it was. It was we, yeah, they were like, are you so when you say diverted, what you mean to say is. <laughs> You just didn't make it to the gate in time? I'm confused. We made it right to the gate, and we thought that they just hadn't even started boarding yet. Obviously, we all learned quite a bit from our experience there. So, let's just say someone emails into the the, uh, Atlas Untitled podcast email and says, Dear Kim and Kelly, it's me, Rico. I'm getting ready to travel over to Ireland and I'm wondering what things you did that you regret doing that you wouldn't do again. Because, uh, like, Rico, he's a prepared dude. Like, he normally, like, he'll leave the house, like, you know, 6 a.m. to get to work by 9. You know, he he really likes to make sure that everything is... Shows up at the airport six hours early? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's through security before, you know, the restaurant's even open. Mm. So he's, he's in there ready to go. He, he likes to have it all planned out. I don't think he's got a. I think he's Hard like gold. like maybe he's an accountant, okay. but 
Rick he's been fired a couple times because he just can't seem to get the stuff done in time. He just has to. He just. Why are you building so much of a background for because Rico? You're supposed to give him specific advice about Rico Ireland. is also divorced. He's, he has two children. Uh, one actually, who's 17 and one who's 14. It's actually Keaton's D and D character. Oh, well, actually, oh yeah, he's building. It's his. Is his like minotaur paladin. His, his <laughs> name's actually <laughs> Richard. Well, but a bard, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes when he has some fruit punch or you know maybe some root beer that got spiked with caffeine, he turns into Rico. Oh yeah, he gets a little wild. So <laughs> yeah, sure. So uh, what, Dude, what's your just, advice to him? Because we flew by the seat of our pants in Ireland. What would you do differently that Rico could say? Okay, all right, look. Like maybe that'll work for me if I go. I, okay, and he's traveling alone, by the way. Should I address like he Rico invited as if some I'm, friends, but they didn't want to come? As if I'm talking to him, or as if it's an email. Back like you, like you're talking to him. Tell, okay. tell us, like we are going to like give it your back, Rico. Like we're giving oh. it back to Rico. Okay. So uh, I would start with I, as much as I love actual uh, like cellular companies that offer, you know. Uh, travel plans and and outside of the country plans never count on that because it almost never works yours did mine was great his was awesome rico's pager just works off of regular okay. wi-fi yeah, I he, would doesn't get, need a, he doesn't need a chip in there no matter what i would get it i would get an sd card or not an sd a card, sim card a sim card while you're there because those work pretty those work pretty flawlessly and they're not that expensive either so that that for me was a huge thing because i thought if mine you know if my cellular provider can't come through then i can't send pictures to my wife like there was you know mm -hmm. there was an element of it that i felt like i was saved by that um we like you said we flew by the seat of our pants a lot which can work sometimes if you have the time to kill but we didn't mm -hmm. so if you're gonna go to ireland specifically there's a lot to do in ireland and like we said the four days that we were there was not enough time to do the things that we wanted to do mm -hmm. i would do the research beforehand you know get down your your top 10 list what what kim did which was really smart and i wish we would have stuck by it more was a, a list of things that were we had to see it while we were there no matter what those are the more touristy things i feel like the cliffs of Moher were kind of like that where mm. it was like we we have to see that that's we'll go out of our way to make it to the cliffs of Moher. um and you itemize it by things that you have to see things that you really want to see that if you have time you will um, things that can be squeezed in, you know, it's it's a hit or miss. You know, you don't mm. have to make it there, but it'll be cool if you do. And then Rico wants to know if there's anything that you, if you were to go mm. back right now, if you could redo the trip, is there any activity you would forego that I wouldn't do? Yeah. Oh, because he wants to he wants to replace that activity with his rock collecting. Oh uh, yeah, yes. He's, oh Rico, he's uh, he's an accountant by trade, but he's a, a geologist by hobby. So I mm. think personally. Um, gosh, that's hard. Because I feel like there, there were a lot of things that, though they may not have turned out the way we wanted them to, uh -huh. was still a, a growing experience. What do you think? Well, so my, I think that the way we did it was geared towards capture. We, we mm. knew, and it worked. Like, I have so much differing content to build things around. It was not good for experiencing Ireland, per se. Like, it was good for gathering material to share but like i would have done less than half of what we did if i only had four days yeah if your dream is to uh drive 1400 miles in three yeah. days then you're gonna do then it then you're if gonna you're follow gonna follow our trip yeah. yeah you're gonna do exactly what we did we'll be posting shot it shot. in a newsletter mm -hmm. how much driving you'll have to do mm -hmm. to copy the places we went i think the yeah. longest part of the whole drive too i remember this so vividly because you were doing it. I was, I was the one driving. You were the yeah, one for driving. The most part, and for all of you out there who wonder why I drove most of it, it's because I am someone who gets very motion sick. And uh, uh, so I prefer to drive normally. Kim did a good job when we were in Dublin, but he was ready for a break when we got out. And then I, of course, because I get so motion sick, and you know, I like to be behind the wheel a lot too. So, um, But... Uh, so for most of the trip, I was kind of the designated driver, which was okay because it's kind of hard for us whereas they drive on the other side of the road and we were in a stick shift with the stick on the other side of the car once i started to get used to it it, it probably would have been harder for us to rotate through a lot so i mostly drove but that also meant that i was awake a lot um when they were sleeping in the back or something like that so the longest stretches for the, you the longest pretty... i think the the longest stretch was the night that we did the sheep walk 
We after the sheep walk went to some Irish pub near Dingle, and uh, that we didn't capture. That we didn't capture that. I wish we did because the atmosphere was was awesome. That's definitely one of. I have have a photo. Get this. Okay, I'm I'm going to explain the situation. So we finished the sheep walk. It was kind of cold. We had just gone to the well of the mad, drank from it. We get back in the car and we are starving. Am I right? (laughs) 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 Sorry. We get back in the car. We're starving, and uh, we wave. Goodbye to Victor and Bridget, and we're like, okay, what's the next step? We got to find some food, and we're out in the middle of what feels like nowhere. And to be fair, it, it is basically nowhere. Is that Dingle? I mean, were we yeah, Dingle? We were pretty. We were yeah. pretty close to Dingle. Yeah, I can't remember what town we actually ended up in to get food, but mm-hmm. so we're looking for any restaurant, like an Arby's or something, <laughs> which they didn't really have. But the, we're looking for the Irish equivalent of an Arby's, and there's no fast food near us or open, so we just look for the closest pub. And uh, it's Valentine's Day too, by the way, February fourteenth. We're there. So we walk into this pub. It's dimly lit. There's probably six dudes all hanging out together. Clearly, they were the only people there. They got in a fight with the missus or something. You <laughs> they know, got so they're out of the house. Kind of of yeah, they didn't bring yeah. flowers home from work. To think about it, it was very. It was like lit by candles. It yeah. was candle. Oh, it was almost exclusively lit it was by candle and a fire. Lit. There was a tiny little bit of like a smoky hazy when you walk in, but it felt so authentic. A tavern. You know, it wasn't like mm. a poop. Like the place is on fire or something. There was no, you know. So mm-hmm. we walk in and the. There's a table in the back corner that has a little light over it right next to the fireplace and the fire's roaring and we're starving so we get in there we go over to that booth where the uh the the fireplace is at and we just choose something off the menu i can't i think i had fish and chips or something shepherd's pie was one of them kelly had something delicious with mashed potatoes and gravy is all Mm -hmm. i remember and i just remember those irish dudes who were probably six or seven pints deep each, maybe mm-hmm. more. I don't know. One of them was definitely One weird. of them was, <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't wet himself, but uh-huh. um, they break into some Irish song. Did you get any of that was, recorded? I, did, I have it on yeah. Do you? I, I think it was recorded. just, wasn't it just one It was dude. one man singing a solo. None of his friends oh, were like, right. trying, you know, because I feel like in that kind of setting, I mean, maybe it's because they were drunk, but mm-hmm. I feel like if I were in that in that setting with my friends, one of them started singing, I'd be like, man, shut up. Like, there's other people here. Or you join they in. just let him sing. Nobody said a word. Everyone we're just all just enjoying sitting there it. just enjoying it. Yeah, and he, he sang for probably like 10 minutes. Straight. It was cool. And to be fair, it, it was not very good. <laughs> but... That wasn't... It was your grandpa singing you a yeah. lullaby kind of quality. About losing his if love. If your grandpa yeah. like underwent an extensive okay. surgery to his vocal cords. We don't need a dog And on had this not <laughs> fully recovered yet. But part of that could have mm-hmm. been the fact that he was drunk. And or because we mm-hmm. just couldn't understand his accent. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyways. Was, but yeah. So, we got some food there and it was fantastic. But to get back to the story about the drive itself. Mm-hmm. We had to drive from that area near Dingle to... Our Airbnb in Galway, or our hotel in Galway, right? I mean, w- yeah. it ended up being like a four-hour drive or something, but it was already so late, and we were so tired. And we, I'll tell you what, brutal. If if you're driving, if you're in Ireland, there is there is so much stuff, so densely packed there. If you're driving for more than two hours without stopping somewhere, you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. I, that's one thing I wish we would have done more of is like stopping to explore the things that we were passing because in reality we passed a lot of like really old incredible structures that we just were like oh my mm-hmm. gosh is that a castle that's just yeah. sitting over there you know yeah. nobody was at it was kind of abandoned like there it's so densely packed that you can drive hour and a half two hours in any direction and find something cool you to can stop drive at. 10 minutes any direction you 100% and find some cool stuff. there were so many things along <laughs> the drive that we didn't get to enjoy because we yeah. just didn't have time we were so busy trying to get like, to these wow. big things what's that over there we can't and I mean, then, yeah that well, I'm time. I genuinely yeah. think that's my biggest regret yeah. I wish number one that I would have brought my wife and number two that we would have planned more time there so that we could have we could have stopped at those places along the way. Some of the coolest experiences we had are ones that we didn't plan at all. We just kind of yeah. stopped at. We're like, whoa, yeah. check this yeah. out. Well, and, and, you know, forest. we talked about it in the videos, too, but the Rock of Cashel, too. Mm-hmm. Like, when we when we went to Whore Abbey, right next to it, we had planned to go into the Rock of Cashel, but mm-hmm. it was closed. You know, we, we would have had to schedule a, a tour online. Mm-hmm. But we walked down to that other spot, and that was magical. It would, the walk down there was so the, cool. the walk was magical. Well, and the other day, too, when we were coming back from the Cliffs of Moher, you know, heading east, kind of closer to Dublin, mm-hmm. and we stopped at that abandoned, or uh, abandoned is the wrong word, but it was a what looked like an old church house in ruin. Mm. And I don't know if we got any video there. 
but we kind of oh, yeah, just yeah. perused some of the gravestones and stuff and these were old I mean hundreds and hundreds of years old and the structure was awesome some of the arches were still intact and it was just open you could just walk mm-hmm. around it and that's one of the most beautiful things about Ireland I think mm-hmm. I wish we could have experienced more of it hopefully when we go back we'll get to do more of that less planned mm-hmm. I know this whole time we've been talking about how we want to plan more, but I mean less um, haste to get to the next thing. Yeah, more mm-hmm. time to kind of enjoy what was around, around you. Enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's tough. It, it wasn't really like wasn't really that kind of trip, mm. and we all had like four days was the max that we could all figure out how to get out of. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, and then we also were like, and this is another thing that we haven't talked about is the fact that we were during this process we were in conversations with people who were talking about investing mm. like and so a lot of the stress and pressure that we put on ourselves during this period of time was let's get something really good together so that we have something to show investors so that we can you know pitch uh, the idea of doing a bigger documentary you proof know of concept it was a proof mm. of concept thing and so we said okay let's go for gold let's get as much in as we can as many Heavy places hitters. so that we can create the best possible portfolio piece and and that fell apart right afterwards like every mm. everybody that we were originally talking to kind of ghosted us and which is okay i mean i think things have I, i'm glad generally that, progressed in the direction that yeah, they needed to i feel like the fire that i got from <laughs> feeling like i have to prove this concept still works like that's motivated me to to do as much with it as we have like this is a year in now and we're not stopping so. and to gain 20 pounds of muscle too oh yeah i got i got you know this heaviest i've ever weight. weighed in my entire life yeah, I mean, that's whatever. not saying much but you know but, uh, yeah no there were a lot of things that didn't go according to plan mm-hmm. i mean there were investors who were talking about you know being a part of it before who mm-hmm. uh yeah we didn't really have a, a smooth transition from you know believing that there was a, a chance at uh having those investors and that how that transitioned to just us doing it on our own mm-hmm. but i think it worked out in the end i mean honestly um I think not having the added pressure of someone else's money being on the line let us do what we actually wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah, I think it changed what we did. Like our original idea was a big documentary that covered, you know, a very specific goal. And this one was, well, we can't do that. So let's do something with our own funds and it's going to have to change. And so Atlas kind of went from a one-off documentary to a, I guess this is a series now and we're going to do it. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, to be fair though, the idea was to use the opportunity to create a documentary to start to building an start, audience. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. To build an audience to, to, to gain the, the kind of attention we needed so that we could do Atlas and have a company. And what we've done is just reverse that. I mean, it's starting now with some of the other stuff with Atlas and we'll hopefully grow to, mm-hmm be able to create the documentary that mm. we want to. I've so, been filming for that same documentary since we've started, like yeah. documenting the journey and stuff. And I don't know how much we're going to talk about it, but mm. I hope you guys are doing the same thing. I think that, that should be another podcast episode we'll because that, that yeah. could last for that whole that conversation. We could talk about that for a while. Totally. Um, so true. me personally, if I was saying, okay, you're going to try to do and see the main big things that we saw, you're still going to be crazy. You're going to try to drive and see as much in Ireland as you can. Like the main places that you're going to want to do is you're going to want to get there and you're going to want to stay in Dublin for the first day. Mm-hmm. Like we, I think we left Dublin immediately. We did. Yeah. And I, I learned this and did it on my second trip there. Um, and that is that I had a whole day where I could explore bits of Dublin and there's some cool stuff there. You could really spend all, you could spend two weeks in Dublin and not get to do all the cool stuff. But if you want a good primer, see a couple of, old churches um get a little bit of the downtown kind of feel dublin's got a very unique feel to the entire rest of ireland one of the mysteries too about dublin that we never figured out is whether or not the birds knew that they were irish (laughs) do you think those birds know that they're irish i actually read a study the other day that they do they do know that they're irish they do know that they're irish exactly they see other birds migrating and they're like look at those americans they actually what does the scottish bird think though i mean they they basically are about the same thing northern ireland and then you've got scotland right across the way how do those two interact do you think Um, if you had to sum it up in one go 
Mm-hmm. How do the Irish birds get along with the Scottish birds? Well, you've heard the you've heard the story of of William Callis, oh, right? No. <laughs> Can we please change the subject, please? <laughs> if you're still listening after that, you are a true fan. Day one in Dublin. Day two, I would say we we had a specific location to go to for Huntington Castle, but. If you're not planning on staying in a castle, like go straight to Killarney National Park. What I a, would recommend what a staying casual in a castle. Thing to say. <laughs> I would highly if recommend staying in a castle. If you're not planning on staying in a castle, if you're not staying just, in a castle. Oh, a 400 Why year even old bother? castle. <laughs> I'm glad we, yeah. glad we got to experience that small mm-hmm. little town, though. I love mm-hmm. that. That was cool. It was yeah. um, Wicklow County. I don't yeah. mean to offend anybody, but that night that we got to County Wicklow, Castle, mm-hmm. we went to a bistro. And, uh, can I can I describe to you what how I saw it at least? Yeah. I, so okay. So Huntington Castle. You ever Skyrim? <laughs> you ever been to those dank <laughs> caves in Skyrim? <laughs> okay. So Huntington Castle, incredible place in County Wicklow. If you can stay there, do it. It's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And the host there is super he's kind. He's the nicest dude. He has the most incredible story about the location and what he does. I mean, he's he's a real farmer. It's he, not yeah, just he has, he has sheep, lots of them. Yeah. He has his own sheep. But um, we got there that night. He had made reservations at a local restaurant that that um, was very highly rated. It was supposed to be kind of fancier. He said, normally it's really hard to get a booking there. He told us before we went out the door, if this is any indication, by the way, this is not his quote, but if it's any indication, he told us to try the beef cheek, which <laughs> <laughs> at first I was like, you got it, man. I will and try that's that when beef I, cheek. That's when I first wondered, how is it so hard to get a reservation here? Yeah. Yeah. You're just People like, just pining oh to get gosh, beef cheek. Yeah. <laughs> who, Climbing over who's each other. Who's trying to get in there yeah. for the beef cheek? Here's you the thing. Know? So uh-huh. we get there. We look at the menu. We were all, I think, obviously, we're, we're, we have a very, I'll call it a naive palate. Well, and we, we just have eat, a very Americanized We have just eaten dinner you in Glendalough, too. We have though. a very Don't Americanized Here's palate. Here's the thing. We get there. We look at the menu. We're going through it like, do they have a burger? You know, like the very again, the very naive palate. We're like, mm-hmm. I just want some fries. Like I'm mm-hmm. ki- kind of hungry. But Kim sees pate, and he's like, I would like one pate, please. No, it's this a patty. Was Kim's right? tra- this was your train of thought. <laughs> it's a patty. It's a patty, right? That's Kim just thought, how they say it here. Kim thought, I've never seen that word before. Let's try I'll that. I'll order it. Wow. Yeah, that's what happened. I think it reminds me of something called fancy feast, but I can't figure out what that is either. See, so let's try. That's the interesting thing. I wa- when Kim ordered it, I watched them go into the back. They pulled a plate out. Yeah, they pulled the, the tin foil. They, they grabbed a off can the of top they of the a, plastic. A can of Friskies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, and then they I, dabbed the oil off of it. Mm-hmm. I understand. And served it with crackers. It. Yeah, yeah. Pate is basically a. It's a loaf. It's a. It's a blended meat loaf. Meat. The, it's like tuna. It, it was, no, no, no. Was no, it tuna no. loaf? Think of meat was, in a sandy form. Like I'm talking loamy beef. Loamy beef. Loamy beef. What did you have? The chicken pate or was it the That's beef pate? That's a good pate? band name. I honestly Lomi thought it was like a salmon thing. pate. I thought it was like a fishy. Yeah, thing. it was definitely. It was like tuna or something. Yeah. Which is on I par with fruit. I thought it was no great, except it had like fruit in it too. Yeah, there oh, was that's like a true. date. It was like a, was like a date sauce oh, with it. Oh crap! I forgot mm. about that. That was the part that was the most difficult. But if you like pate, we don't mean to offend you. But yeah, if you're a, a, a again, if you're a palette. if you're a beef cheek kind of person, you'd love this bistro. Yeah, a, a pate. It, honestly, it was very upscale. It mm-hmm. felt very like fa- I've never eaten at a fancy restaurant like mm-hmm. that before where they had this kind of. Stuff. The entire interior felt like one of those brick ovens that you'd see in like Italy like you're just the walking to the bri- made out of looks like a brick big oven. archways yeah. big brick archways it was that cool. it was the kind of place you could meet up to have a secret meeting if you didn't want your yeah. face to be seen it was that dark too I'm, I'm, it was quite dark mm-hmm. in there they wanted an atmosphere but it the atmosphere felt like nap time in kindergarten. Like it was so dark in there, well, it was quiet. There was no background music. We also learned which might be traditional. Too, I don't know. I they mean, they were weirded out by the fact that we left so early too. Yeah, they were. Evidently, they were. that was a that's a cultural thing that we didn't even understand until after we went there. Is that dinners are like part, part eating and part just. Hang well, and, and that's, that's night, like you know? what the beast is, which is probably why it's so hard to get a reservation. Yeah. They don't have a lot of turnover each night. I no. mean, you, you, somebody shows like up five and, hours. Yeah, a couple <laughs> people go to to a bistro together, and they're there for hours. Mm-hmm. A, a couple drinks deep, and you know, some mm-hmm. beef cheek and stories, songs, start coming salmon out. pate, mm-hmm. and you know, that's that's where it's real. So we we did screw that up culturally, and we didn't get any real footage in there, did we? No, 
I, and there's sometimes when we're just like, eh, it's not worth it. Especially meal times where you're like, this is my, this is my little pocket of yeah, that humanity. Was, that was a difficult thing to do. I think for for people watching who want to experience this, they won't have the same problem we did with trying to juggle how to film everything mm -hmm, because yeah. they'll just be there to experience it. And that was hard for us to to experience it, but also try to make it content. Mm -hmm. And we we tried to make it make people experience it vicariously through us. Yeah. Like, oh, we're experiencing this. You'll, you know, you'll love this, too. But we couldn't, you know, it was like we would get to the Cliffs of more. Absolutely. I'm going to use the term gobsmacked. Don't come at me. Uh, looking over this incredible cliff that you've seen in movies and like mm. TV shows before, this incredible locale, and you're like, that's incredible. This is amazing. And then Kim's like, hey, can you can you give me that one more time, but into the camera? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, whoa, th this is incredible. You know, it felt, <laughs> it felt not necessarily manufactured, but there mm. were elements of it that I felt like we were trying to experience it for ourselves, mm. but also trying to make content out of it, which the, was... Yeah, the little reminders that this is... You're, you're here because you're trying to... You're on, on the job, basically. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> this so, isn't vacation. In the same it way that vacation. an oil rig worker might just go, wow, the sea is beautiful today. Cool, put your hard hat on. Mm. Like, we've got... I think that we were yeah. able to enjoy it a little bit more than so. an oil rigger, you know. <laughs> oil, <laughs> oil rigger. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> we did underestimate the distraction that a camera would be mm -hmm. but i also think that you know we, we we did still have a lot of fun there were times where it felt a lot more like work than just mm. having fun and hanging i, I felt bad for kim who saw most of where we were through a through camera, a camera. Mm -hmm. yeah you know yeah that's true but through a little display on his camera mm -hmm. but in the end it was still a really cool experience we, we still got to see a I lot of great things oh my gosh you mm -hmm. know and when, I, when we eventually buy a group house there. I can't wait to yeah. go back. I, well, I'm so we, jealous we can, that you've already gone back. because I invest in, in, in the Atlas Hostel. Be cool. Okay. So this was, um, this actually was uh, just about a year ago. Mm -hmm. So this was 2022, February of 2022. Uh, this was published by the Smithsonian. And this is the title. It says, Archaeologists Uncover 18,000 Ancient Egyptian, quote, notepads. Um, so it says, uh, an archaeologist discovered a large number of ostraca, uh, or inscribed fragments of pottery, at the ancient Egyptian temple of Athribis. This was the University of Tübingen, which Keaton and I have both been to Tübingen. Fun plug. It's in Germany. Uh, researchers excavating the ancient Egyptian city of Arthribis have discovered more than 18,000 ostraca, inscribed pottery shards, that essentially served as notepads writes uh, Carly Casella for Science Alert. Ranging from shopping lists to trade records and schoolwork, what? the fragments offered a sense of daily life in a city some 2,000 years ago. That's crazy. Per Newsweek's uh, Robert Leah, the trove is the second largest collection of Ostraka ever found in Egypt. So they they discovered this in, a, in an already discovered city, but mm -hmm. they had found a collection of these they call them notepads, which I find interesting because because you know papyrus existed mm -hmm. in that time, more more paper type mm -hmm. that they would use pottery as a way to inscribe things, mm -hmm. and children would do schoolwork on them. They would do shopping lists on them. You know, wow. I need to get some some rice from the market today. I don't know, mm -hmm. like just the fact that it gives you kind of a window into. Mm -hmm. Um, that they're using in the same way that we would have used. Yeah, you know, exactly. That's crazy. It's incredible. Yeah. Humans don't change very much, do we? No, we don't. <laughs> that's amazing. I wonder what other sort of things we use nowadays that are like, you know, that have those kind of ancient roots, you mm -hmm. know? It's interesting because most of, or a lot of the ones that they found were tied to a school. So they, they think it's some sort of, you know, a lot of them were school work, so they were tied to an, to an ancient school. It says, <laughs> um, yeah, it says, a large number of the fragments appear to be linked to an ancient school. Mm -hmm. Over a hundred feature repetitive inscriptions on the both back and front, leading the team to speculate that students who misbehaved were forced to write out lines. That is hilarious. In ancient Egypt. That's awesome. It's incredible. Yeah, I am. This is last It's like year. the Bart Simpson, like, exactly, yeah. like writing I, on a chalkboard. Or Harry Potter, I, I must not, I must tell, not lies. tell lies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's so funny. Maybe just repetition to get specific mm -hmm. um, accounts in school, mm -hmm. you know, specific uh, things down. And this is considered amazing. So all, I'm, all I have to do is like take my school binder, which I've had for... <laughs> 
10 years yeah, that exactly. has all my old Japanese homework in it and I just have to bury right. that somewhere. Yeah, I just bury it for some for some future civilization. And then I'll be, you know, remembered exactly. forever, so. Exactly. Yeah, my wife, uh, yeah, my wife is wrong. I'm gonna be, mm-hmm. there is a reason to still have that. But Quito, so there were a couple of places that we didn't get to visit. And this one was top of our list, right? Like one It was ones, on the must-see list, and we still oh, missed it. We wanted to go sea kayaking. That's one of the best things to do in Ireland. So we've heard... And this, where did you where did you find it? Was it yeah. on Airbnb or it was, it was like an experience an ex- on Airbnb it's, experience? It's like a recommended sea kayaking. Yeah. yeah, I remember hearing about it, but I didn't do any of the research that went yeah. into so, it. So the Cave of the Nine Sisters, the legend has it that that area of Ireland, once inhabited by Vikings, uh, they were kind of at war, and supposedly the. Uh, chieftain if you will of the vikings uh realized that the battle was lost and so he took his nine daughters and he threw them through this hole in the top of this cave uh presumably to their death in order to spare them the pain of being abducted i suppose Mm -hmm. um and so there's legend that that cave and also the local beach town is haunted by these nine sisters. So there's a lot of information out there. You, you could totally go look it up. Ballybunion, yep. Ballybunion. A lot of information. You can go look it up yourself as well. There seems to be a lot of stories around it, sightings of the nine daughters, stuff like that, which is really interesting. There's a lot of cool spooky stories about Ireland that I think you kind of like, every, every place you go to has something a little weird about it, like the Huntington Castle when we went. There's a whole area of it that we missed some crazy stories that we didn't hear about until after we left. Did you hear about that? Well, and, and the other thing too is about Ireland, the shrine Ireland, to ISIS? Yes. <laughs> yeah. In the basement? Ireland we didn't even know that when we were yeah. 5,000 years of written history. I mean, like there's going to be legends like that everywhere you turn in Ireland and it's not a huge country so there's a lot of stories for a place with that much history. It's packed. Yeah, yeah and, and one of the coolest things about where we went is, you know, we didn't even get to go to this cave, but with some of the stories we heard about the cliffs of Morphin, people who live near them. I mean, when we when we did the sheep walk, Victor even explained to us that you used to be able to drive your car up to the edge of the cliffs of Morphin in, in his time. There was no retaining there wall. There was no retaining wall. There was no, and, and so people would drive right up to the cliffs until a couple cars went over, and then they decided that they should probably put, put a in a retaining up. wall. Yeah, yeah. And thought to themselves, well, maybe it's not very good to have these, you know, couple ton machines getting right up to mm-hmm. the edge and <laughs> expecting it not to cave in because each year parts of the Cliffs of Moher do cave into the sea. And uh, there's usually, you know, I, I can't remember the numbers, but there are a number of tourists who die every year. There's At least a, one person dies. There's a dies. photograph, uh, a pretty shocking photograph in the visitor center of a, a photographer who's taking a photo and, and oh, had yeah. seen a part of it collapse mm, just in oh, front yeah. of him. Like, uh-huh. it happens without warning. You know, it's mm. could happen to anybody. But. Yeah, we could do an entire segment on the Cliffs of Moher. Mm. But uh, talk it's about funny it to while. think of it as like a make-out point where you get your, you know, you drive your buggy up with your girl and like up to the edge of the cliff and that was just like a thing you do, yeah. you know, back before they had the wall up there. That's kind of so funny. So you said... And a surprise dip in the ocean. Yeah. So the, <laughs> when we were talking about sea kayaking, because we said it was an Airbnb experience that you had seen, was it? It was not an Airbnb experience that I saw. But was it to that location? Was it to that Valley Bunyan? That that one was not for kayaking. Oh, really? There's only a couple places in that area that offer real kayaking tours. My plan was to rent kayaks, find and someone take on market them in there, and take them to that spot. That would have been legendary. which I've seen people who have like taken paddle boards to it. It's not very far down the coast from Bally Bunyan, so you could you, you could put, put in, in yeah. at Bally Bunyan mm-hmm. and then get over there. Yeah, kayak wow. your way down to those caves, which would be intense. And that we would probably crazy. still do something. Really has cool. it been has it been very thoroughly explored? Because I'm I wonder, sure. I'm sure that there have been a lot of people there. I want no. I, I meant like like scuba explored. Like I wonder if 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 the legend proves true. There might be remains at the bottom of it. I'm sure yeah. that there are Shocking. divers there, but you you uh, found some things out about the whole like artifacts that you didn't like after we visited, 
like the rules and regulations around that that we kind of found oh, out after upon finding relics buried. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. Swords, all the red we all, tape. We had this. We had this fantasy that we wanted to find. You know, there was a there was a, an article not long ago. It was a couple of years ago, probably 2018, 2017, where a, a young girl had found a sword in a lake. And mm-hmm. the, you know, people were saying that she was the it was a caliber style, yeah, yeah. That she was now the ruler. You know, obviously it was all fake, but now we have this pipe dream that we wanted to discover. Well, the sword was real. No, sword yeah, was, I'm saying, yeah, yeah. I'm saying that we th- we then wanted to discover something like that mm-hmm. while we were in Ireland. Like we're like, oh, we're the kings of Ireland. And, you know, <laughs> find this. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I have a, I have a uh, big desire to do metal detecting in that area of the world because there is so much history, mm-hmm. and you know, people drop stuff all the time. I mean, if I had a dollar for every time I lost my keys or wallet, whoever finds those, by the way, if you're yeah. somewhere mm-hmm. in the Idaho, uh, Boise area, and you find his car some has keys been with a metal detector in a big lots parking lot for like I over a been, year. Yeah, I. It's, it's been spray painted. It's, mm-hmm. it's been booted, but they won't tell it. I don't know why. Well, I think the interesting yeah. thing about um, no. one thing we learned while we were there from the people at the fr- last yeah, night that from, we stayed from yeah. Marion Cottage, which. Is an incredible place to stay if you're going to go. They to were Ireland. so great. It's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. They're they're wonderful hosts, but also they've done an incredible job at converting what used to be an old farm a into area. yeah. yeah into it has a lot of rich gorgeous. history. But I remember we Keaton asked him the day that we got there. Uh, the, I guess I should say the night that we got there. Have you ever done any metal detecting around? Have you found any guns or you know and that, all that kind of stuff? And he said, No, we haven't really done that because with the laws that are put in place in Ireland, if those things are discovered it becomes an archaeological, you know, it becomes of historic uh-huh. significance. It becomes that site. They have to excavate. They have to see if there's anything else around. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's easier just to leave it in the ground. Or what they'll do is they'll just <laughs> yeah, they'll rush just, the dirt rush back, back on it. And, and a story that, that he anything. told us was that he knew of a person mm-hmm. in that area that had discovered in his yard while metal detecting a chalice what? Oh, yeah. I, didn't hear this. I don't remember this. Uh, had discovered a chalice, and because he realized it probably had historical significance, he just buried it again. Oh, <laughs> because it, because the the process of first Your of all, you gets get taken fined over. if you dig up something of historical significance, and you, you get fined it, by yeah. Ireland's government. Um, but they also seize that property, and then they take control of your property for a short time to so do more digging yeah. to see if there's yeah. anything else there. Yeah, so and that's just a hassle. It, it's kind of easier just to let it be. From what I understand, you can metal detect for your own property. Like if I lost, you know, my, my car keys, for example, or my my wedding ring or something. Um, it's not illegal to go looking for that. But if you find something other than your wedding ring or your keys or your personal property, uh, and it does have si- si- significance historically. You have uh, to report it. Yeah, yeah. you're in bad shape. <laughs> and you'll get fined for it, too, which is so weird to me. But that's crazy. A lot of those little things, too, like I- hashtag Ireland problems, right, that you learn about that are just like... <laughs> oh, man, I found a sword in my backyard today. Like, now for the government's example, at my door. Well, or, again. <laughs> or just thinking about, is it Victor or Vincent? Victor. It's Victor, for is sure? It? I thought it was... Vi- was it Vincent. Vincent. Vincent, Vincent sounds more right yeah. to me. I'm pretty sure. I have it a picture. Been, oh, it must have been Vincent. Vincent. But so he was talking to it because he and, and um, oh, you know her name though. Bridget? Bridget. Bridget. He and Bridget, there's two people that we went on that, um, the, sh- the sheep herding hike with up to the bogs. They had an interesting dynamic because he had owned that land for a really, really long time and was very kind of traditional. And he and his whole family used to dig from the bogs up at the top. And it's a very traditional Irish activity. The bogs, like this compressed peat that you could then dry out and then burn as basically firewood. For the, and it for lasts the whole a long winter. time. Yeah. Not, yeah. Just, not yeah. just firewood, but it was it's like, like charcoal. Like, if you've ever bought those like fire starting sticks that last mm-hmm. forever, yeah. I mean, that's basically what the bog turns into. Yeah. And they, so it's. It's very like that's their thing they own the bogs they're usually harvest from it like that's their basically their heritage like their their tradition and they're being cracked down on to where they're not allowed to burn their bogs anymore because it's a considered an environmental hazard like to the point where it's producing a lot of like their greenhouse emissions gas greenhouse gas gases and yeah. things like that and and there's a, a part of ireland that that really thinks that that is it's to them it's part of their culture because it's a tradition because it's it's a tradition and it's yeah maybe there's other things to burn now but it's like this is my land i would like to use the resources on it and they're Mm -hmm. kind of being barred from it and there's a little bit of like 
pushback, you know, mm-hmm. towards the government. They also feel it because a lot of those restrictions come from EU. They don't come from yeah, the Ireland European proper. Union. And well, so it, the other interesting thing too is to think about all the discoveries that could be made if they were still allowed to use the bog. I mean, not mm-hmm. overuse oh, it for yeah. tourist reasons, but I mean the the number of like thousands of year old bodies found in bogs preserved by mm-hmm. that peat moss. Yeah. You know, the, the number of those th- yeah. that have been found in other historical findings and stuff, mm-hmm. like it's crazy to think about what else could be in there mm-hmm. that yeah. won't be discovered now because they, they're not allowed to touch the well, we yeah. think about We think about while we were there, while we were in Dingle and up on that hill, you know, Vincent was pointing out the ring forts to us mm-hmm. and, oh, yeah, and how the ring really forts... Cool just largely went untouched mm-hmm. like they would grow over and the person who owned the land would just leave it and there's mm-hmm. probably there there could be remains in it there mm-hmm. could be items of historical historical significance but because of the laws there they're just like well i'll just leave it yeah and as vincent said the first farmers put those up about five thousand years ago you know talking about the just like you the do. sheep stone was it the stone, talking the standing about standing stones, stones. He was talking about yeah. the standing yeah. stones are so cool the ring forts mm-hmm. i mean you could still see the impressions of them in the ground obviously they you know, for the most part, they were deconstructed, but the foundation still existed, and we got to see those. The earth had grown up and over, but you could see them, especially from where we were on the hillside. Mm-hmm. You could look through that whole area and see them on other people's property as well. It was really interesting. It was cool just to think that they've been there for that long and they're just untouched. Mm-hmm. And that's a. Tr- it's almost like there's a superstition around doing anything with those objects. Like I remember in Marion College, we had a conversation with those guys, and they were talking about how, like, why we were like, so why are so many of these old buildings up? Because in America, once it gets to a certain mm-hmm. age, you tear it down, like put something new, you up. put something <laughs> new up, or you you upkeep it. And there's a lot of people who just like leave an old barn. That there for like generations mm. and they were saying it's actually kind of like a superstition mm. like no one mm. wants to be because you inherit the land there's an old house on it everyone around there is very used to it it's almost like a landmark right yeah. and so you tear it down and the whole neighborhood's like I loved that thing yeah like so you, you don't become the bad guy yeah you well, don't want to be the guy who does that here <laughs> in America too people look at those kind of abandoned buildings and stuff as just like an eyesore mm-hmm. and to some degree they are mm-hmm. and here, here in because Idaho because they they're like they don't contain the same kind of history shacks right yeah. yeah I mean there are some places where they are protected you know places like Silver City Idaho mm-hmm. where there's yeah. these old Ghost structures and that's so you know cool. they are Largely historical landmarks now mm-hmm. but you know, in Ireland, you have a stone church. Part of me thinks that they just exist simply because people didn't want to tear them down even after they stopped having a useful purpose. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of them are turned into graveyards or... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I subscribe more to the belief that it's not so much, oh, it's just a hassle to take it down. I, I At least, this is, it's a more optimistic way of thinking that they do it out of respect. You mm-hmm. know, that, that these... Largely everywhere we went, I don't think I saw any graffiti on any of these structures mm-hmm. that That's we true. went to, that was including really ones, surprising. including mm-hmm. ones that were not, you know, tourist destinations. We were mm-hmm. driving up, um, I think it was when we were in Wicklow County or somewhere, somewhere near there, where we drove past this bastion, or at least I'm calling it a bastion. Probably the incorrect term, kind of a like a guard tower that was just oh, yeah. off you know just off the beaten path a little bit there was no graffiti there was very very little trash you know they were also good about mm-hmm. not littering or at least cleaning up litter that I was surprised at how clean spread. it was there but I really it was. feels like those those kinds of things are are out of respect that they mm-hmm. they are respectful of the previous generations mm-hmm. that came you know Marianne Cottage is a great example mm-hmm. of that you know obviously superstition does play into it but part of me feels like mm-hmm. you know in the context of Marianne Cottage and that whole farmhouse there, he inherited it. Mm-hmm. And in order to respect what who came before him, he kind of kept that spirit alive. Well, rather than tear them down and use that land for other things, he converted them. Mm-hmm. And, and now people can experience, mm-hmm. you know, w- partially of the history that used to exist there. And mm-hmm. like, I remember the building adjacent to where we actually slept in was another Airbnb that they had owned. And that was exclusively storage for, um, it's like hay storage or something. No, it or? was, I think it was, um, Oh, wheat, wheat or something like mm-hmm. that. It was like, it was grain. It was a grain storage facility mm-hmm. and they turned it into a house. And now that house still standing is a, is a reminder of what came before it. And that I, part of me feels like a lot of, that mentality towards those older structures are respecting the generation that came mm-hmm. before it, which is a great way to live. Yeah. And it made me really grateful as someone who never lived there, never grew up there, didn't have family mm-hmm. from there. I mean, obviously, 
you generation know, to generation. The stuff that ago, we're maybe. able to see too, those ruins, that's a very, very small percentage of what used to yeah. exist. But Ireland, like their economy flourishes because of tourism. Mm-hmm. And those I think those structures also stay up in large part because they do draw a crowd. People, people, mm-hmm. people like us who are interested to see that kind of history Castles and experience and <laughs> you know, that part of Ireland. It's a huge attraction. And so it'd be crazy to tear those things down that people want to see. I mean, if I if instead of, you know, uh, a bastion like we saw, there was a Dunkin Donuts. I'm not sure yeah. that I would be as drawn <laughs> yeah. to those parts that's of Ireland. But, uh, but that history is mm. very appealing. So I think the large amount of them, too, made it so that a lot of them were very accessible. Like, because it's not a rare sight to have this dilapidated graveyard in the middle of a field, right? Like you just have basic gates because there's mm-hmm. there's so many of them that they're not too terribly worried about one of them being targeted. Thank you guys so much for watching this first uh, podcast episode. We're going to try to be doing these uh, at least every week. Um, and uh, we have a couple other really cool bits of content coming that are in the works. Right, Kelly? Yeah, check out our other stuff. We've Obviously, we've, we're talking a lot about Ireland today. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Uh, it's our, our first travel series, but there is more stuff in the pipeline that's already been filmed and is now we're getting worked on um there's some stuff this year that we have planned that we're really excited about if you do enjoy this kind of stuff if you enjoyed this podcast give us a subscribe we kind of we go a little bit more loose in our podcast where we're kind of reminiscing about things updating each other uh, you know talking as brothers as we are um but yeah it's it's going to be a lot of fun yeah, if there's something more you want to see or hear about our experience or for us to cover in future episodes of the podcast send us a direct message leave a comment on one of our videos we see all that stuff we're very uh, interested in hearing what you guys are interested in hearing so uh, feel free to reach out those ways otherwise you know the podcast is gonna grow we're gonna be able to cover a lot of good information we're hoping to get people on here for interviews um, so stay up to date with that like Kelly said subscribe you'll get notified when we uh, release a new episode and uh, yeah thanks for listening peace out peace